This audio podcast is from the River Church in Fort Worth, Texas. We hope God uses it to encourage and grow your relationship with Christ. For more information about the River Church, visit us online at theriverdfw.com or facebook.com backslash theriverdfw. Today, we're going to be continuing in our series, Church Words. You say we're in church. Of course we're saying church words, right? And so, but what this series is about is we're just kind of talking about those words that maybe you hear in church sometimes and you're like, that's kind of a weird word. What does that even mean? What is that? What are you even talking about? So church words is a series that we're doing about words we say in church that are kind of weird because sometimes you go to church and you feel like you walked into a different country and you feel like they're speaking a different language. And so we're going to spend some time just these few weeks talking about some of these words. Last week we talked about Sabbath and we talked about what the Sabbath was, the importance of Sabbath, the importance of you and your Christian walk having a Sabbath rest and why God set that up for you. Like that the Sabbath isn't this burden for your life. It's actually a gift that God gives you. It's freedom that God gives you from work and a place that you can rest and find safety and security in him. And so I hope that you took me up on my challenge last week to talk with your friends, talk with a a community group, talk with a spouse, whatever, and set up, work on setting up a Sabbath for yourself and for your family so that you can find that rest, you can find that peace. And if you didn't, Go back and listen to the podcast, and then do it. Yeah, it's easy, right? So next week, so last week we talked about Sabbath. Next week we're actually going to be talking about communion. What What is communion? Why did God set that up for us? What does that look like as a church? You know, because when you start talking about communion, there's some, it sounds weird. Like you're talking about eating Jesus' body and drinking his blood, and you're like, what did I get myself into, right? Like, what is this? Like, is this a, is a cult? What's happening? No, just in case you're new here. No, it's not. You're like, I'm not coming back to that. At least come back to find out if it is a cult next week, right? So next week we'll talk about communion, and and it's really it's going to be a special day because we're actually going to take communion together as a church family, and so it's going to be a special day. But this week, this week, we're going to be talking about fasting. I know that when you woke up this morning, you thought, I hope I go to church and they talk about not eating. I hope I go to church and you're going to talk about fasting today, right? Like last week when I, I when I mentioned fasting, I saw the fear in some of your eyes. Because like you talk about fasting and the pastors are like, all right, so next week nobody eats for the rest of the week. Let's fast together. So you've all probably, um, whether it was for religious reasons or not, you've probably had some experience with fasting in your life, right? Like whether it was for a doctor's visit, whether it was for religious purpose, for it was like a diet, like you went like a juice cleanse, which if you've ever gone on a juice cleanse, don't. You never. Katie and I, we, it wasn't a cleanse, but we were like, we're going to juice. And so we decided, we said, man, we're going to juice. We got this juicer and it's so good, right? Like you put some watermelon in a juicer, man, it's so, it's it's awesome, right? We I remember we had the juice cleanse and we had all the different juices in the refrigerator. So you open it up and they're all in the mason jars and they're all beautiful different colors. And it was like Russian roulette, man. Because like it's like this beautiful green color. You open it up, it's like cabbage. And you're like, oh, right? It's just dangerous. Like you don't know what you're going to get. Okay, it's like, oh yeah, this one's fruit. Liar, right? It wasn't. She's tricking me, man. And then like you're just exhausted all the time because you don't have any nutrients because you're on this sugar high and then you crack. I wasn't even talking about planning on talking about that. So just don't do a juice cleanse. It's not a good idea. I'm not a doctor either, so just ignore all of that advice. Um, so anyway, so maybe for a diet or maybe maybe you're, you're like me, really the only reason I ever like to fast is because like, there's just no food available, right? 
Like there's this really wise saying. I mean, this is write this down if you take notes. If a man has nothing to eat, the wisest thing he can do is to fast. Wisdom. If you can't eat, don't and call it religious. <laughs> I remember when Katie and I were dating, um, this was like a moment of she really loves me because she figured out that if I go long periods of times without eating, I am a jerk. Like there's this thing that happens to me. If I go, like I don't, I don't mean to do this. I just, um, you know, most people eat breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Well, I eat like breakfast, then like another breakfast, then another breakfast, then a lunch, then another lunch, then another lunch. Like, and and I don't eat a lot at one time. I just eat a little. It's like to sustain me, and I keep going. Like I'm like this weird little thing, right? And so, but what she realized is that we eat, I don't eat a whole lot. And then if we like went out somewhere, there was no food available. I turned, you ever seen the Snickers commercials? I am the Snickers commercial, right? And so fortunately she loved me. She, no joke, she started keeping candy bars in her purse. So she'd be like, Mike, I see it in your eyes. Eat this, right? And I'm like, one time we were out and she was like, you hungry? You need to go get some I'm like, no, I'm good. And she's like, eat this. And I ate it. I was like, oh, you were right. And she's like, oh, I know, I know, I know. Anyways, <laughs> so I haven't, ex- I haven't fasted a lot in my life, but there have been very important times in my life where I have fasted. And, and those were um, some very monumental moments in my life. And I've really shared a lot of those experiences with you guys already. One was, uh, you know, I've told you all this story, but when I moved to Belize when I was 18, moved to the country of Belize, lived there and did a missions internship um, for about a year. And I wanted to take some time and pray and fast. So I went off to this little, it was Airbnb before there was Airbnb. It was like this little house that this lady owned and next to some Mayan ruins. It was really cool. And so I went out there and I just wanted to spend some time praying and fasting about my own future, right? What did God want for me? And uh, um, it was a really good time. But what, what stuck out to me the most when I think about that is how bored I was because I stayed there for like three days with no food. And then there was this guy that kept bringing me corn. Because he thought he thought I was like up there doing drugs, and so he's like he's eating. He's like this, there's this weird guy up here, just not eating anything. So he kept bringing me corn, like please eat this, eat this. And I kept trying to explain to him I was fasting, and he did he didn't get it. And so maybe maybe you're here today, and you're kind of like that guy. You're like I don't understand the purpose of it. I don't understand why you do it. To me, it's just torturing yourself for no reason. And I've been there. And and if you do it for the wrong reasons, uh, you are torturing yourself <laughs> for no reason at all. But this morning, what, what I want to do is, and, and it might feel more like a teaching session than, than a sermon, so I'm sorry for that, but what I want to do is I want to talk about what is fasting? What, what is it? Uh, why do we as Christians do it? Why is it in the Bible? Why do they talk about it? Why do we do it? How does it affect our relationship with God? Like, why does this fasting thing seem to be important to God for our lives? And then finally, just end with a really easy, practical way for us to fast. If you say, I mean, I'm entering into a season of my life where I think this might help my relationship with God or, or where I might need this, just give you some guidelines so that you kind of know what that looks like for you, right? So fasting, ultimately, it's, it's a really simple thing. A simple definition is this. It's abstaining from food or something for a specific amount of time for a spiritual purpose. If you take notes, write that down. It's, it's abstaining from food or something uh, for a specific amount of time for a spiritual purpose. And the reason I say something is because we don't always fast from food. Like we're going to, we're about to do 21 days of prayer with an optional fast if you want to do it. And I promise you, I will not be fasting food during that time. I'm going to be looking for something else. I, I'm going to be thinking of something else. And, and so a lot of times what people do is they'll fast TV or they'll fast a drink that they drink or a big one now is social media. 
because social media has such a hold on us these days. Um, but tr- traditionally, it's food. But it's something that you fast for a specific amount of time, so you set it. Set a certain amount of time you're going to do it for a spiritual purpose. It's denying yourself something physical to turn your attention to, to turn that time to the spiritual. Does that make sense? Denying yourself something physical so that you can turn your attention to the spiritual. And what happens when we fast in that time, fasting reveals to us those things that control us. And so often if we say we fast from food, what happens when we're doing that is we realize how much we plan our lives around food. We realize how much food controls us. We fast from social media. We realize that every opportunity we get, we're pulling out the phone to look on Instagram or Facebook, right? Like we don't talk to each other. It's like you get a break where you don't have to talk to anybody and immediately you pull out the phone, right? We had uh, this last, uh, maybe two weeks ago, Katie and I went over our data limit on our phones. Never good. And so we went over our data and so I couldn't do that. Right. And so I would get in situations like I'm waiting at wherever and I'm, I want to pull up my phone. I'm like, oh, I can't do that because that's going to be $20 for one look on Facebook. Right. <laughs> like that's how it works. Um, and it was very refreshing. It was like a forced fast. Right. Because I'm, I, I'm cheap. Right. And so but it was just funny because I pulled out. And I'm like and I what I realized is I noticed so many things again. Like I would sit in a room and I'm like, oh, I actually kind of do like people after all. <laughs> Who knew, right? And so when we fast, it reveals things to us that control us, whatever that thing is that we're fasting from. And it reminds us that instead of being sustained by those things, we're actually sustained by God. And so we're, what ultimately we're doing is fasting keeps us balanced because when we let those things come in our lives and control us and we fast from them, we are removing the power that those things have over us and realize that it's God that sustains us, not those things. And sometimes, sometimes those things just creep in our lives and we don't realize how much we rely on them as a crutch or how much we need them, right? And so sometimes we allow the non-essentials to run our lives, but when we fast for a certain time from a specific thing, we're taking the power back and we're returning it to the one who has a, who deserves it. And ultimately, it brings us closer to God. It brings us closer to God. When you were reading, if you, you know, reading your Bible, have you ever noticed in there when they talk about fasting? Have you ever, have you ever like just, there's a time you're reading like, yeah, I, I, yeah. So there's a lot of different stories in the Bible about fasting. One of the big ones isn't the total fast, it's the Daniel fast. Have you heard of that one? So the Daniel fast wasn't even like a total fast. There's a lot of churches that do the Daniel fast because it's kind of like the cheat fast. Like we can fast for a long time, but we can still eat, right? So what happened was Daniel's country was overtaken by another kingdom, and he goes to this kingdom, and, and the king finds favor with Daniel. He says, hey, I'm going to give you the good wine, the great, the good meat, and Daniel decides to fast from that, and he goes on like a little vegetable diet. From it. So that, that's one fast we see. Another one that we see in the Bible is Jesus fasting for 40 days in the desert. And then another one I, I remember as I was looking through is Paul and Silas as they're heading out to the mission field. They're trying to figure out where they need to go. And we see this in Acts chapter 13. It says, as they were ministering and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work I have called them to. And so they're ministering, they're fasting, they're trying to figure out what they need to do next. And as they're doing this, the God speaks to them and directs their path. And so we see the Daniel fast. He's fasting in need. He's in a dire situation. He's in a new kingdom. He's about to get... He doesn't know what's going to happen, right? And so he's fasting because he's in need. Jesus, we see Jesus fasting because he needs to draw close to the Father as he's headed out to ministry. We see Paul and Silas fasting because they need God's direction. And so we see fasting all throughout the Bible. We see it for different reasons. 
But here's a really cool thing. Here's something that I love about fasting, and, and here's how I prefer to do it, right? Is fasting is something that you don't have to do alone. Like oftentimes, it's something that we do alone. It's a personal thing. It's a very private thing. Like there's something in our lives going on that we want to fast about and get close to God in that certain time. And so we spend that time close to Jesus, but it's not always something that we have to do alone. As a matter of fact, here's a pretty cool story in Second Chronicles chapter 20. Um, the nation of Israel did this, had this cycle that they would go on. And every once in a while, what they would do, they, it, it was, they would be really close to God for a long time. They'd walk close to God for a long time. And then all of a sudden, they would just fall away, right? And they would just fall away, and they would chase other gods, and they'd chase other idols. And then God would kind of come in, like, sometimes like a loving dad, sometimes uh, a little bit stronger, more of a reprimand, but remind them who he was. And then what would happen is the nation of Israel would return to God, and they just kept repeating this cycle over and over and over again. And sometimes that feels like our Christian life, doesn't it? Like we were so close with God, we walk closely to him, we're faithful, and then we kind of fall off for a little bit. God comes in and gently reminds us, or maybe doesn't gently remind us who he is, and then we come back to him. And so the nation of Israel is kind of in this cycle, and what happens is they get this king, Jehoshaphat. And so Jehoshaphat comes in, and he, he loves the Lord. He loves God. And so he begins to return the people back to God. He begins to turn them back to Jesus. Well, not Jesus, God. And in this time, there was a lot of unjust, just bad people there. And he began to turn them back to um, justice and goodness. And so he does these incredible, awesome things, and revival begins to break out in the country. And then this thing happened that seems to always happen to us when God is doing awesome things in our lives, the enemy attacks. And so what happens is not just one enemy, but Jehoshaphat has three countries at the same time decide that they're going to attack and kill him. Like it would be if, it'd be like if here in the United States, uh, Mexico, Russia, and Canada, well, not Canada, um, somebody else decided that they were going to go to war with us. We're not really afraid of Canada, right? Um, they're too polite. All decided that they were going to attack us at once, right? That's kind of what's going on here, except Israel's a much smaller country. And so here's what Jehoshaphat does. Chapter 20, uh, I'm going to start in verse 1. It says, After this, the Moabites, the Ammonites, together with the Meunites, they weren't real creative with their names. They're just the ites. It was the ites. The Micahites, the Joelites. They came to fight against Jehoshaphat, and people came and told Jehoshaphat a vast number. So a lot of people, a vast number from beyond the Dead Sea and from Edom have come to fight against you. And they are already at Hazan Tamar. Uh, Jehoshaphat, check this out, Jehoshaphat was afraid, and he resolved to seek the Lord. And then he proclaimed a fast for all of Judah who gathered to seek the Lord, and they even came from the city to seek them. It's pretty cool. He calls for the whole country to come together and fast and pray. And here's the thing that I love about group fasting is group fasting can be powerful because a, a, a group of people coming together, calling and believing in God to do something, to change something, to be something together. I love that. One of the most famous fasts actually in our history was in 1756, France was about to invade the kingdom of England. And so uh, they're, they're getting ready to fight. They're getting ready to go in. The army's headed that way. They're about to invade England. And the king of England knows that they don't have a chance. He doesn't want to fight this fight. And so he calls the whole country to fast and pray together. As a matter of fact, John Wesley wrote about this in his journal uh, back then. 
and talk about how incredible it was. And, and the most incredible thing happened is the armies of France are preparing to fight. They're preparing to invade. The kingdom comes together. The kingdom of England comes together, fasts and prays, and France changes their mind. See, when a group of people fast and pray and have unity together, seeking the Spirit of God, incredible things, countries can be changed. The minds of kings can be changed. That's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. So fasting is abstaining for a time from something for a spiritual purpose. And, and I want to give you some reasons why we fast. You say, all right, Mike, so fasting's cool. Fasting can stir the heart of God. Fasting, there's some cool time. What, why do we fast? What do we do? Here, here's, here's some reasons. You can write these down if you take them. The first reason why I would say we fast is when we're headed into a time where we need clarity, when we need to hear the voice of God. Have you ever been in those situations? Like you've got a decision you need to make or you've got something you got to do. You, you've got something's weighing on you and you don't know what to do. You don't know where to go. You don't know where to turn. And all you know is I need to hear the voice of God. And what fasting does in those moments is it helps us remove all those obstacles, all those things that get in the way so that we can get with God and we can hear his voice. And, and I don't just mean this as far as like, you know, I, something very spiritual. Mike, you're a preacher. You and fasting is a spiritual thing. Here's, here's what I'm trying to say. This is for your life. This is for your work. This is for your family. This is for your finances. This is for, say you've got to make a decision at work on whether to hire or fire somebody, and you know that this is a big deal for your company. What I would encourage you to do is take some time, pray and fast about it, hear God's voice. You have to make a major financial decision. Sometimes the, we, we just do it on our own. Well, I think this will work out. Maybe if we step back, we spend some time praying and fasting and seeking to hear God's voice, he could help us make that decision with wisdom, right? <laughs> there would probably be some marriages that were saved before they got married. They prayed and fasted a little bit, right? I'm just kidding. None of you guys. I'm just playing. Let's relax. relax. You talking about me? No, just calm down. <laughs> Like when I was in Belize and I didn't know where to go next. I didn't know what decision to make next. God, what do you want me to do with my life? What did I do? I went to God to get clear. What did Paul and Silas do when they, they don't know where to go next on their ministry? What did they do? They stepped back and they prayed and fasted to hear God's voice. And that's what I would encourage you to do. When you need to make a major decision or you, I just got to hear your voice, God. It's a way that we can get closer to him and find him and hear his voice. A second reason I would say that we fast is when we're praying for something that only God can do. Praying for something that only God can do. Whenever um, Katie and I first moved here, I don't know if this falls in that category, but when Katie and I first moved to Texas, um, things were, things were kind of tough financially for us because we moved here for a church plant that didn't exist yet, right? And so took a little bit of a salary cut. Um, the cost of living rose. And so things were kind of tight financially. And it was it was tough for a while, wasn't it, Kay? We were a little nervous. And so, really nervous. And so I remember specifically in those moments being, I don't know what I'm going to do here. And in those times, I prayed and fasted. I took times to pray and fast. And God provided for us something that ways that only he could. When you need something to happen in your life that only God can do, it's a time to pray and fast. And I don't just mean for the bad, scary things. What I really mean is for the things that are impossible. What I mean is the God-sized things. Like, for example, here at the river, I want your life to only be able to be explained by God. The church, the river church, I want things to happen at the river church that can only be explained by God. 
I want people to look at us and go, how did that happen? How did he get saved, right? Like, I'm just kidding. They say that about me. How did that guy, that guy got saved? Life changed. Like those, y'all did that for that school. You, you were able to build this. You were able to do that. You were able to help those people. How did that happen? And I want to be able to say the only way, honestly, through the power and mercy and grace of God. I, I strongly believe that that's one of the ways that God gets glory is when the testimony of our lives and the testimony of our church is man. The only way I can explain it is God. And at the River Church, we want to have dreams. We want to have vision. We want to have, uh, we want to chase after dreams that the only way possible is if God does it. The way we say that at the River is we want to have a vision bigger than our means. We want to have a vision. We want to have dreams that can only be accomplished if God does it. And if we're not chasing that, then what are we doing, man? Like, we believe that we have an almighty, all-powerful God, and we want to see him use the River Church to change the world. And so we're going to chase that. We're going to pray for that, and we're going to fast for that. We're going to fast for that. That means, though, that we as individuals and we as a church, we got to do it. And so that's why we're doing the 21 days of prayers. We lead up for 10 for 1. If you're new here today, uh, we played a video at the very beginning of service. What 10 for 1 is, is we've kind of adopted this school. And so on uh, September 17th, we're going to, for every person here, the church, every one person here, the church is going to give $10 towards a project of renovating the teacher's lounge for the school so we can love them, so we can show them in our little way who God is, right? And so we're going to spend 21 days praying leading up to that event because we want God to change hearts and minds through that. And so I want to encourage you to go on that journey with us because it, through 10 for 1, we want God to take the River Church to the next level. And what I mean by that is we want to see God do things that we go, only God. Only God. So we pray and fast whenever we need to be closer to God. We need to hear His voice clearly. We pray and we fast whenever, um, whenever we need Him to do something that only He can do. And this final one, I think, might be closest to our hearts sometimes. Is we pray and fast when we need a breakthrough. When we need a breakthrough. When we need a, a miracle. Sometimes in life, we face circumstances, we face things that seem impossible. Family members that you go, man, they'll never come back to Jesus. A marriage that you go, I don't know how this thing can get saved. A loved one that's sick, money running out, and no job on the horizon, right? When we need a breakthrough, when we're looking at a situation, we're going, man, we gotta, God has to do something here. God has to change this. God has to cause some kind of a breakthrough in this situation. Or I don't know what else to do, right? And I, I think when I said that, you probably had some kind of situation in your mind. Maybe it's not one that you're facing. Maybe it's someone that you love is facing or maybe facing or going through. But we have those times, we all, 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 all will have those times in our lives when the only thing that we can rely on is that we have to have a breakthrough from God. We have to have God change something. And here's what I want to say to you, and I say this in love, and I hope you hear it in love is breakthroughs happen when you seek them. Change happens when you seek it and you chase it. and you They don't just happen on accident. Sometimes they do, but let's not make the exception the rule. Breakthroughs happen when you seek it. And fasting is a way that we seek breakthroughs because what fasting does is it shows God, I'm serious about this, man. Like when I fasted about, we got nowhere to meet as a church. I don't know what we're going to do. And I'm fasting and I'm showing God, God, the only thing I know is to go to you for this. That's all I have left is to go to you for this. When life overwhelms us, when the, I, I want to go back to King Jehoshaphat. Check out what he did. 
Let's learn from his example. Verse 3 there, it says, Jehoshaphat, so all, remember, the three armies are coming. They're attacking. Here they come. Here's what Jehoshaphat does. Jehoshaphat was afraid. Yeah, there's three kingdoms coming to kill you. I would be afraid too. If he's not, he's an idiot. <laughs> right? There's just something wrong with him if he's not afraid. Sometimes there's situations and circumstances in our lives when you're afraid, you're terrified, you're worried, and if someone says, well, don't try, don't worry, don't be afraid, you want to slap them, don't you? Of course I'm afraid. It says Jehoshaphat was afraid, but he resolved to seek the Lord, and he proclaimed a fast for all of Judah. And here's what I want you to know, the ending of that story is God answered their fast. It's a really cool story, actually. What happens is God tells them to do nothing. He says, just show up. So they're like, all right. <laughs> so they show up to the battlefield. They get there, and here comes these three armies approaching. And could you just imagine that what that would look like and feel like? You're like, thanks a lot, king. We all going to die, right? They come approaching, approaching, approaching. And as those armies got closer together, they begin to fight each other. And they all, they, what happens is those three kingdoms annihilate and kill each other. And the Bible says that it took the Israelites three days to get all the spoils from the war. Could you imagine like three days to pick up gold? Yes, please. Right? Three days to pick up all the spoils from the war. And here's what I want to say is sometimes that breakthrough that we're seeking, sometimes that breakthrough that we need is, or that we, we need God to do that breakthrough circumstance is exactly what you need in your life for God to cause a breakthrough in you. And it ends up being this incredible blessing in your life. I mean, I'm pretty sure that King Jehoshaphat was like, all right, God, we're good with this. Right? As the armies are approaching, he's scared. While he's picking up the gold, he's like, yeah, I think this is okay. I think this is okay. Turns into a blessing. But I want us to pay attention to what he does. The first thing he does, he says that he's afraid, but he turns his focus to God. Now, I'm not saying that we need to ignore our problems. I'm not saying, again, like, just don't be scared or just ignore it. It'll go away. I'm not saying that. But oftentimes, when we face these breakthrough needs, what we do is, the response to it is to ignore it or turn it, or excuse me, the response to it is we let it control our lives. And so that, that circumstance or that thing owns us and it's with us all the time and there's, it just weighs us down and, and bleeds into every aspect and area of our lives. Am I right? And so what I'm saying is this, is worrying does nothing for you. I heard some really wise words about worrying one time. It said, worrying, it, when you worry, if you can do something about the situation, do it and stop worrying. If you can't do anything about the situation, stop worrying because you can't do anything about it. Now, I know that's really simple and easy, and you're like, well, if I could do it, I would. Here's how the Bible says it. I'm not going to put that much of a weight on you. Here's what the Bible says. Philippians 4, verse 6 says, Don't worry about anything, but in everything, through prayer and petition with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses every thought, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Here's what King Jehoshaphat did. He turned his gaze. His fear was still there. The thing that was causing it was still there. But in that, he turns his gaze and focus to Jesus. And then he does this. It says he resolves in his heart to seek the Lord. He said, this is how I'm going to deal with this. I'm not going to freak out. I'm not going to go get all the armies. I'm not going to. The first thing I'm going to do is I'm resolving in my heart. I'm setting my mind to seek the Lord in this. And here's how, what Philippians says about that. It says, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any moral excellence, if there is any praise, dwell on these things. And we go back in everything through prayer and petition, seek the Lord. 
That's what we see King Jehoshaphat does. And then he calls his nation to fast. And in that fasting, they're seeking the Lord together and God answers them. And so I don't, I don't know where you are today. I don't know if you're in an impossible situation. I don't know if you need a breakthrough today, but if you are, I want to aim, I want to say, have the courage, turn your attention to God, resolve in your heart to seek Him in this situation and spend times in prayer. And maybe you need to fast. Maybe that's what you need to do to take it to the next level. And then I want to say this, trust His response. Because I love you enough that I got to tell you the truth. Sometimes his response isn't what we want to hear. But trust his response, that his response is ultimately for your good, that he cares about you, that he loves you deeply. Trust his response, even if it's not what you want to hear. Okay? So what do we do? You say, Mike, I, I got to do that. I need this. How can I do it? Here, just real quick, and I, then I'll shut up. If you, want to, if you say, I want to fast, first thing you want to fast, real obvious, like, man, Mike, you're a genius. Choose what you want to fast from. That was good, huh? That's why I get paid the big bucks. Choose what you want to fast from. It doesn't have to be food. Again, on the 21 days of prayer, and I'm going to fast during that time, I'm not fasting from food because i got to be able to preach that Sunday, and Katie will kill me if I do. Choose what you want to fast from. And if you do choose food, don't do the crazy Gandhi fast where you go 70 days on like a, rice, a grain of rice. Okay, don't do that. If you've never fasted before, don't like be the moron who doesn't work out for three years and then goes to the gym for eight hours and then dies. Okay, don't do that. Be wise as you approach it. Do a partial fast. Do, do a fast during lunch only or, or do a juice fast. Not a juice cleanse, a juice fast, right? Something like that. Um, so choose what you want to fast from. Then set the amount of time you want to fast. So a day, two days, during lunchtime, seven days. Um, I wouldn't say leave it open-ended Sometimes there's circumstances where you go, God, I'm fasting until you answer. But I, I wouldn't recommend that unless you just know this is that circumstance. Um, set an amount of time. And then this is the one of the most important things is during that time, set a time, schedule a time where you pray, you read your Bible, and you seek God during that time. If you're fasting from food, then during that time you would be eating. Spend that time praying or reading your Bible or seeking God, right? Because the fast won't work if you're just, if you're not actually focusing on God, you're just denying yourself something. Does that make sense? There's no point to that, right? To eat. <laughs> and then finally, pay attention to what God has to say. Listen to his voice. Listen to his voice. All right, I love you guys. Here's your challenge for this week. Talk to somebody about this. Spouse, a friend, a community group, a community group leader. Talk to them. Say, man, have you ever fasted before? What did that look like? How did that go? Um, did God answer you? Did you hear from God? Uh, have a conversation about it. Because sometimes the, how can I say this? Sometimes our experience doesn't need to be our own, ex our only experience. Sometimes we need to hear from other people about this. And so have a conversation about it. And if you're in that circumstance where you need to fast, I encourage you to have the courage, turn your attention to God, seek him, fast, and see what he does. God, I love you. Thank you for who you are. Thank you that you're a God who answers our prayers. God, thank you that you're a God who, when we seek you, when we chase after your voice, you hear us. God, thank you that you're the God that, that armies are approaching, the enemy is approaching, uh, <laughs> death and destruction seems the only thing left, but then we pray, we fast, we seek you, and you rescue us out of the depths of hell, God. Thank you for how you respond, how you save, how you heal. Father, I pray that, that we would have the courage to turn to you when we need you, Lord, that 
that in those moments when the fear, the, the anxiety, or the anger, or, or whatever that might be, tries to take control and tries to run our lives, that we would have the bravery of King Jehoshaphat, and we would turn our eyes to you. We would turn our attention to you. We would resolve in our hearts. We would set it in our hearts that we will seek the Lord. And then if we need to fast, we'll fast, and we'll hear your voice, God. I ask all these things in Christ's name. Amen.